Okay. So, uh, so I'll give you the full spiel. Um, and and um, uh, this is Jersey Poets Plus podcast. Um, this is the second uh, edition, uh, the second um, motherfuck. I've already fucked it up. Thank, there, there you go. You took a while. Well, it's like, what was it? Two minutes in? Um, welcome to the second episode of Jersey Poets Plus podcast. My guest is um, Carrie Magnus Radna. Welcome. So I wanted to say before I forget, we have a new patron of our show, um, Nadia. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name, Nadia. I'm so sorry. Nadia Grasimenko. Uh, I've known Nadia for a long time now. She's a uh, fellow Jersey writer. Welcome, Nadia, to the to the podcast. Thank you for being a friend. And hopefully um, we'll have some other listeners join you in the patron circle soon. So, Carrie, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. And I should also mention that... Um, what's that? I, I cut you off. No. Oh. Uh, I should also mention that we have a, a non-speaking um, uh, guest here, uh, Patrick Hammer, um, as emotional support. So welcome, Patrick. And Thank Patrick, you very much. And you're welcome to pipe in whenever you whenever you like. So, Carrie, um, uh, I understand that you're from Oklahoma. If you'd like to uh, tell us about that, I would love to hear it. everybody knows it's where the University of Oklahoma is, no Sooners. Um, I moved to New York City in 2004, in July, and basically the short answer is I, I found a job advertisement for the New York Public Library online in spring 2004, so, so I checked it, checked it and then applied thinking, yeah, they're never going to take me, but they did. So that's the short answer of that answer. The hero's journey. Well, okay. I have two really good friends, um, Teresa and Debbie. Didn't meet them at the at, at the same time. Teresa I've known um, since the late nineties, basically. Uh, we did yoga together. We 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 did. Uh, we did stuff at the Unitarian building, and we did, like, a meditative uh, dance together. And she's the first person that I showed my poetry to. And she, she thought, this was really great. I'm going to put it on my site called The Oracular Tree. Um, it's still on Facebook. It, please check it out. It's a very interesting read. So I was reading a sci-fi stuff when I was reading writing poetry and and we were like like hey we should uh, move in together this is kind of you know we're, we're gonna be you know we're gonna have a we're gonna have really a lot of fun so I moved, moved into your house for about a month and then one night I go 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 to the movies it was sweet home Alabama uh, I, I'll never forget that I know Reese Wilson I go home, uh, I, I go back to the house, and then 15 minutes later, there's smoke everywhere. Okay. Apparently, um, the kid next door 
was trying to play with um, Teresa's kids. She had two uh, kids at the time. Uh, they were both in elementary school. And for some reason, um, her two kids didn't like this particular kid. Huh. So they said no. So, so the neighbor kid got really, really mad, and he set fire to the house. Mm. And <sighs> my bedroom was their bedroom. Gotcha. Yeah. So I had to move back home to my... Um, my grandparents called Dan and Papa. And I had post-traumatic stress because the church so yeah, this was the fire. And I couldn't afford to go to um, go to a counselor, so I did the next best thing in my situation was go to Barnes and Noble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> self-help section or the self-help section right. or whatever you might say and the religion section was right next to it so and then there was like this one book that was calling me and it's like a complete idiot's guide to Judaism okay oh okay so I picked that up leaf for it like going oh I really you know this is what I believe this is what I believe this is what I believe so I found myself um, a temple on Oklahoma City. I started converting classes. And my, my family was just like, you are insane. Why are you doing this? But I felt like I had to do it. Okay. You know, I felt, you know, I was called to do it. And that was when I met my next best friend, Debbie. She was in a same conversion class. She was dating a guy at the time who lived in the Bronx. Okay. Okay. Little connection there. So we go there. We 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 got we got we we became Jews, and and th- th- this is like a year and a half past. Okay. Now now it's spring two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Don comes visiting. We're having dinner together, and he's like, I, you know, Carrie, you should go to uh, New York to have a Passover with us. Like, okay, cool. So so we plan for that trip. And then Debbie says something I'll never forget. Maybe you should look for library jobs up there. Yeah. And that was the night I went online and looked up New York Public Library. Hmm. Very nice. Hmm. And that's how I got to New York. Well, damn. It's a hero's journey. That's really interesting. And I, you know, I was going to mention it before when you um, were were telling me um, you telling me a little bit about how you came here. <laughs> My wife and I actually um, scoped out apartments in in New York in the spring of '04. Mm-hmm. And uh, and moved here in September of '04 because you um, you were talking about that winter, right? You you mentioned something about slogging through a snowstorm or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a horrible snowstorm. <laughs> never forget that. That was absolute <laughs> shit. Yeah. And the um, I think it was the right it's like the the end train or something was no 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 no, no. the D train was busted 
and we lived out at Coney Island, and we had to walk a mile and a half in that snow to the King's uh, King's Highway End. It was terrible. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. live right by Avenue X. Lovely. Oh, yeah. So much fun out there. Like myself there. You know, I wasn't Italian. I wasn't Russian. I wasn't, you know, uh, Brooklynese. So I, you know, I was really lost. Sure. And, 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 I, and I lived in this uh, um, basement apartment. Which had no yep. heat. Oh my god. Mm. Yep. I mean, I froze to death, basically. You know, yep. I froze. Duh. Everything. It's it was the best. Horrible. It's horrible. I told people I worked at <sighs> Head Bay. Gotta love New York. Because it sounded reassure. I mean, it's pretty terrible. Hey, then you know, 15 years later, we're both still here. Um, in your book, um, uh, remember, remember, can't use my mouth. <laughs> Remembering you is like a walk. Yes, thank you. Um, you you really hit on something with me um, because, uh, 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 like we were saying before, I I love to walk. Uh, I, I grew up in Alaska. I grew up walking. Uh, it's it's just something that I do. Uh, tell me, t- tell me about how that book. Uh, came into being, and and Patrick, uh, you you were an editor on that, right? I proofread the book for Carrie, yes. and I and I told Carrie, "You're missing Staten Island. Get on the ferry and go over and explore a little bit of Staten Island, so you get all five boroughs in." Yeah, that was that was his uh, really great idea. So I did it. I went to Staten Island twice. Twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so w- w- on that second time you went to Staten Island, um, wh- wh- what did you see? Um, because I'm, time, oh, I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. No problem. No, no, no problem. Um, the first time I, you know, I took the ferry and it was like frozen over. So I just like walked around, you know, the area outside the ferry. You know, up the hill, down the hill, and so like mm-hmm. I didn't really go a lot of in- anywhere. But but uh, you know, the bars were open, and some things were open, and the mm-hmm. and the uh, library was closed. So it was pretty interesting. I, I was there for only thirty minutes because I was freezing my mm-hmm. literally freezing my ass off. Like, let's go back on the ferry. Sure. That's just the St. George section of the, of the borough. Yeah. 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 Lovely place. I wish it was, you know, warmer. Yeah. So the next time I took Rudy with me, and I took the train, their train station. Staten Island Railroad. The Staten Island Railroad. That was very interesting. It's like going back in the 1980s. Oh, sure. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's MTA run, but it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, that's it's kind of interesting, right? It's like um, it goes one way and then back the other way, right? Uh, no, it goes. You can have uh, trains in both directions, 
but but the trains are timed to hit the terminal so you can catch a ferry. Okay. Well, ostensibly that's the plan, but it doesn't always okay. happen because there can be a lot of water damage and stuff on the tracks if it rains or if leaves fall and stuff. Everything gets delayed. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, we were able to go to like the last stop, so so me and Rudy had to like um, go go on to like these. Uh, buses just so we could get to the last stop and just like oh this is the last stop this is very lovely you know that there area you see the outer bridge from there yes yes i do because I, I was just asking because staten island new jersey it's kind of the you know kind of the butt of jokes around here right um but i mean i, I i've done a lot of writing about it myself um just because I think it's kind of interesting how you know, places get left behind. And, you know, it's just kind of, you know, one of those things that happens. Um, but the, 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 this, this, this is your story. Um, keep, keep going. I, let, let's, um, let's... I saw some really beautiful um, houses from, like, um, the 1700s over there. Yeah. Beautiful. And one of them even had, like, a well. You know, an actual working well, you know, right in front of the house. Like, oh, that is just really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, right? It's, um, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's definitely less so when you get out to, um, geez, um, what do you call it? Kill Van Call? Is that the area that's up by Bayonne, like right by the. Yeah. Yeah. That's opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's more like industrial. Yes. But, uh, yes. Well, what's interesting is where Carrie went with her husband to the end. That's the southernmost tip of New York State and New York City. Really? Still within city bounds, and yet it's so bucolic, you know? Mm -hmm. It really was. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And then, we got, then we got on the bus. It took like an hour and a half just to go through like every second. And mostly we saw, like, bagel places and um, Italian. Yeah, yeah. I think I had, like, 45 different, like, Italian restaurants on the way. Oh, sure. It's funny. It's really funny. Did you see the, um, what did they call it? It was, like, the world's best rice ball, I think they called it. <laughs> did you know what I'm talking about? I'm gonna go off on. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, but you know what I'm talking about, right? With the rice ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, the, the the those those poems in in your in your remembering book were just so beautiful, and I I I, I really noticed a a, a marked difference. Um, between them and the Hurricanes poems, like even in just a year, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it was. Um, I wrote them at the same time, so that's really. Really. Yeah. Real. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me, tell me more about that because the the. I don't know how to say it. They 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 seemed really just different. 
one day, you know, you get bored and then it's like, oh, let, let me go through Chelsea and see what I, I, I can see and stuff. And then you write it down and that becomes like a walking poem. And oh, then I the see next what you're day, you kind of feel kind of down or something and you're thinking about death or what have you and sickness. And that becomes another poem and or Hurricane Sarah Apologize. So this is kind of happening all the time. I see what you're getting at. You know. Yeah. Like one day you're, you know, you're wanting to play. Next day you just want, you know, bundle up in your bed and just like, you know, don't want to go out. So. That's really interesting because it's, um, huh, the the. Um, the walking, uh, I'll just call them the walking poems because it's shorter. The walking poems, I don't know, it's it's so much lighter and more innocent almost. And then the hurricanes poems, it seems like it was, I don't know, written like 10 years in the future. It's, it's very interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah. so I, I, I just realized in you know, all the excitement about, um, you know, talking about walking. I, I didn't ask you when you actually when did you actually start writing? Uh, writing in general or writing? Yeah, things? like so. I I've kind of asked this of a lot of people. So that so for me there was always like a demarcation between okay I'm writing for school and I'm writing for myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, you're yeah. like like you're not, not even like your secret writing because I, I don't think it's secret. But, you know, writing that you show your friends or, you know, whatever. Like, oh, dude, I did this. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. You know, like not something that you did for school because you had to. Or maybe something you did because your teacher told you and then you were like, oh, wow. Oh, I could actually, you know, do this for fun, you know. Right. I think the first poem I wrote for fun, I was six years old. Yeah? It was about falling snow, which I've never seen before because I don't know <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was like, what is this? I would write it down. So, don't remember the poem, but uh, I do have it written somewhere. But I, that's what I would do. I would, you know, write all these, like, secret poems and stuff, like you said, the secret notebook and stuff. And, and you know, delight myself and whatever. When I, when I was, in, when I was uh, 12... I got a real haiku kick. Okay. Yeah, I learned about haiku in school. Yeah. Like for two years, all haiku. Please tell me you kept that. No. no sorry. <sighs> um, and of course, you know, when you're a teenager and, and you're bullied and, and, and you think that you're not pretty or, you know, you feel like you're such like a mess up or whatever and nobody's gonna love me or or, or, or you, you fall for the wrong people and this dribble into my 20s yeah you heard about all this stuff and you're thinking oh this is the greatest thing ever right and then you look and, and then you look at recently and say this is total shit your 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 email poems right <laughs> seriously Yes, email poems, exactly. So, like, so, so all of it, all of it from your 20s, you just cast it aside? Um, well, there are some. 
Okay. I did try. Okay. No, I'm very excited. That's interesting. All right. That, that makes me feel better because I, yeah. I wrote so much, go well, I, I didn't write so much garbage. I wrote a little garbage and then threw it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well. I didn't know what really I was doing because, you know, I, I would, you know, go to class and I'm like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll read uh, Emily Dickinson or, yeah. uh, you know, all these different poets like E.E. E. Cummings. Oh, my God. Oh. Well. My head just exploded. Mm-hmm. You know what? Beat it. You know it's. I gotta say though, <sighs> better writing. You know, better to write shitty imitations of Emily Dickinson than to write shitty imitations of fucking Charles Bukowski. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that would be interesting to see Charles yeah. Bukowski. Oh my god! Wait, what? Uh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting to see shitty imitations of Bukowski. You mean you haven't? <laughs> no. Well, you, you mean you haven't been to a college campus? Uh, not recently. Come on, I graduated in '78, so it's been a while. Oh, that was can fun I, can time. Can I make an observation about Carrie's career? Yes, Her, please. You know, I, I, I I've been. I'm 63 next birthday. I've been writing since 75, um, seriously. And I slowly and steady got involved in the New Jersey poetry scene, the New York poetry scene much later, you know, began to amass uh, publication, uh, um, uh, you know, places that I published in. I, I... I'm with friends with Carrie, I guess about four years, five years the most. What yeah. would you say? About four That's years. Four. About yeah. four years, and I really have not seen anybody in all my decades of writing who is dedicated to the craft of poetry, the role of being a poet, uh, who who takes that role seriously, who networks and knows how to find where the readings are, where the podcasts are, who the poets are that she should befriend, where the magazines are that are looking for work, where can she get her chapbooks published. She's really, in a short amount of time that I've known her, I think done an exemplary job. You know, and I really salute her. And Carrie, you've heard me say this. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, how the heck did you do this so quick? She really is dedicated. She's got some energy. And I'm very, I'm, I'm you know, kind of proud of that. I'm glad for her that, that she's done that, you know. And uh, she made that jump, apparently, from the 20s, where you write the stuff just as, like, therapy. And then you realize, yeah. I could make I could make this an art. And that's what right. she's done. That's what she's done. Sure. That's, that's my two sense no i it's it's very apparent to me um in 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 the stuff that i've read from her yeah no absolutely Mm -hmm. well you know you you start with a lump of coal in your 20s and sometimes it'd be just lumps of coal you can't you know you can't ignite it they're just oh sure pieces of shit sure but sometimes you some of them do ignite like oh yeah Whatever. Yeah. But, but they only, you know, burn for a little bit, and that's it. Well, yeah. And, and um... But I'm, I'm 47 now, so it, it's been, like, 20 years since, you know, the really shitty poems, whatever. So I just, like, now I'm very meticulous. Exactly. Just hammering it down, hammering it down until you, you see diamonds. Exactly. Well, and it's like... I... 
I, I, I don't want to take back what I said about, you know, writing shitty imitations of so-and-so and so-and-so because, right. I mean, you have to, right? Like, yeah. it's just one of those things you have to do, but at some point you have to quit. Exactly. I mean, I guess you don't have to quit, but it's a, it's a good idea to quit. But it's not your voice. You yeah. have to find your exactly. own voice. Exactly. Like, how many people are trying to sound like T.S. Eliot, but it's not their voice? Sure. Exactly. You've got to be honest to your voice. Sure. Exactly. I think I finally got my voice after uh, being married for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know, turning 40, you know, train my oh. 40s and stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's like... Don't even get me started about that. Your becomes still not singular anymore. Yeah. I'm more with the world, basically. You yeah, no, that's true. You also, you know, with more empathy, you, you worry about the world a little bit more. Yeah, no, I, I think that is... Sorry. The first you choose, you know, clips. I cut you off because it was breaking up. No problem. Can you say that last bit again because it was kind of bubbly? You okay, said worrying, worrying about the world. Yes. Thank you, note taker. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. There you go. Thanks, Patrick. No problem. Yeah. Um, you worry about the world a little, little bit more, especially these days. Oh yeah. Yes. You know, you're you're more cute news. I'm an empath, so. I don't really watch a lot of news or I get really, really angry mm-hmm. and, and sick. Yep. Especially with, you know, um, certain um, politicians are now in a certain... Yep. Um, oh, hey, you don't have... That's what I'm going to say about that. You don't have to mince words. Yeah. And let's, um, you know... Not, not that... Because I have uncles and aunts who, you know... Oh. Voted for such people, so I'm just going to... Don't we all... Well, here, so let's, now that we're on that hot button issue, let's just get that question out of the way. Um, So I was um, wanting to ask you, and Patrick, you too, since you're here, um, what do you think we can do um, today, or today's almost over, half over, what can we do starting tomorrow as creative people to to help others? Let's just say it that way. Like, to help others in what way? Um, in 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 any way, in in a <clears throat> in a political way, in a social way, okay, in a okay. in, in a human way. How can we help others? Okay, you want to go first, Carrie? Yeah. Um. Tell your truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I know your own truth. Um. If you want to uh, protest, go protest. If you feel safer staying at home, go do that. Um, if you're able to afford to, um, buy your friends' books. You know, buy their art. Um, go to readings, even though yeah. they're virtual readings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, see what other people are saying. And 
and just keep keep creating and writing, you know? Send it out there. Yeah. What do you think, man? Well, I, I'm of the school that if you write a political poem about uh, uh, Trump or Biden, it's going to be old in, in four years. Yes. You know, anything political. So I, I try to stay away from blatant political in poetry, in writing. Uh, I, I was part of the Occupy movement when it was happening. I was down there for two months in Sakoti Park. I was a part of the demonstrators that were going around New York after the first I Can't Breathe on Staten Island. You know, the guy that, that was selling the Lucy's. I forget what was his name again. Um, oh my God! Uh, I can't think of his Hold name. On. There's been so many, unfortunately, since then. But I mean, I was ready to go off on the Black Lives Matter, and then I realized I'm 64. I can't be out protesting like that, you know. And, and chance COVID. So what I do is I use my social media platforms, my Instagram, my Facebook, and constantly uh, reinforce the pro-democratic, the anti-republican message. And I wear a button every day when I leave the house that says Black Lives Matter and Biden for president. That's what I feel I can do. And I've, I've had a lot of people like not like the button and like the button. Uh, but so I, I do stuff like that, but, but not necessarily in, in my poetry, you know? Can't think of that guy, Garner. Eric Garner. Eric Garner. Eric yep. Garner. And how fucked up is that that I had to look it up? Miserable. Miserable. I know because there's been so many. There's been so many. Don't get us started. Don't get us started. Don't get us started. Um, Oh, my God. So I think that's my answer anyway. No, that's – thank you, guys. It's – yeah, no, that's that's why. I know that Carrie and I are both looking for a new world on November 4th. We both are uh, hopefully looking for a new world. Yeah, definitely. Well, and doing this with you. Exactly. No, that, who that's who what I was going to say. Well, maybe we maybe we're all influence one person. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not me. It's it's not me. It's nothing to do yeah. with me. It's po- it's right. poetry right. and podcasts yeah. in general. Right. Right. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that Carrie is a musician. Holy crap, your books. Well, your books are music, but there's music throughout these books. Um, When when, when did your love for music manifest itself, Carrie? Um, My mom used to say that she put my crib between her two stereo speakers, so I think that's where it started. (laughs) Never heard that. Okay. Yeah. Um... So music has always been since day one, basically. We we were a singing family. We were singer. Some of the singers would marry non-singers, but we would sing a whole lot. And I thought that I had like the the best voice of the bunch. So I so I wanted wanted to get into music school. I went to music school and I figured out a few things. One, I can't play the piano worth a damn. Yeah. I mean, I could pick out some some stuff, but it's like, you know, forget it. That was a hard lesson to learn. Mm. Uh, two, I 
I started voice lessons when I was 16. Okay. Because my, my mom was very insistent, like, you need to be a kid. You need to learn how to play and stuff and, you know, have fun. I didn't really get classically trained until I was 16. So that was pretty interesting. But I've been in choirs since, um, you know, since I was fifth grade. Okay. So I got really into the choir, um, the choir scene. But when I went to New York, um, I really got into the choir scene. I, mean, I, okay. I, I, I joined two, two courses. I'm, I'm currently into um, Riverside Choral Society right now. Right, right. Which is, uh, which is uh, conducted by uh, Pat Gardner. He, he, he is the, uh, the head of... Uh, Choral Music and Rec- Rutgers University. Okay. New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. And singing with them, it's just, it's been amazing. It's really amazing. We do mostly um, requiems. I do like, you know, popular music starting from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 70s, 80s was amazing. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. And the last half of the first half of the the 90s. 2000s. 2000s. Okay, all right. You know, forget. So, I, I can karaoke pretty well. So yeah, so I, 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 I uh, saw that you uh, had uh, written that. Um, what, what's uh, what's your song? What, oh. What's your karaoke song? Oh my god, uh, Rats in Pocket. Really. Tenders. I would not have expected that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm special, so special, <laughs> special. Yeah. I, huh. I would have thought New York, New York. <laughs> I can make it. I'm trying to think. I don't think I really have one. Mm. Yeah, which one? Lisa Minnelli? Or... <laughs> I don't know. Anyone. Oh, good question. Good question. Because that, that's like your your story. You yeah. know, Midwestern girl makes good. Well, Southwestern, but yeah. Okay, okay. What do I know? I'm only from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, Carrie, um, let's let's get into. Um, ooh, I almost said your new your newest book, but it's not your newest book. It's your it's your latest book. But you have um, you have a, you you have a new one on the way. Yeah, but we, we can talk about yeah. that. Yes, let's talk about yeah. hurricanes. Uh, never apologize. You are 
most yep. current book that people can read. Um, uh, there's a there are a lot of classical music references in here, um, yes. and I wanted to ask you about that. Um, t- tell me about the genesis of, of this particular book. And if I'm not mistaken, this is your first full length one, right? This is my first collection. Yes, okay, that, that is correct. Um, and it's I, it's Luchador Press, right? Yeah, Luchador Press. Okay, in Kansas City. And they have, a, they have a rockin' logo. That's right. I love it. It's a mask. Um, well, you know, like I said, I, I'm, a, I'm in my, uh, you know, mid to late 40s, and you, you think about things. You, you think about, if this is a, these are dark times. What, what is going to happen? in the future. I, I thought about death and sickness and, um, you know, storms, how, how they uh, tear through a uh, place and, you know, had carnage everywhere. And, you know, my sister is battling skin cancer. And, and, and then I had, like, uh, you know, my beloved grandparents die. And um, they sort of raised me a little bit, you know, while mom would die when we were at work. Yeah. So you, you think about these things, and you think about where do we end up, where do we come from, you know, why is this idiot in charge, why do we, you know, elect these idiots? You think about like uh, the Me Too situation, about all these women trying to like, you know, pull their abuses, you know, back for so long, and then it just kept spilling out. Mm-hmm. You know, not to me. And all this was happening while I was walking too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this was like, one day I was like light and breezy, just like, I'm just going to tour like Brooklyn. And then the other day I'm just like, you know, I don't know what the, what's going to happen. So, and especially now, I mean, we're in the middle of like a real contagion kind of crisis. Sure. Right? Sure. So I wanted to ask those questions of myself and uh, see what I could, you know, dissect. Hmm. The hurricane is metaphor, I guess, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. If I was still in Oklahoma, it would have been a tornado. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I never had a corner came before I moved, before I moved here. And basically hurricanes are tornadoes plus water, I think. So I oh, see, a I didn't know that. Dangerous. A little bit more dangerous. Hmm. I wanted to um, take a little bit of time mm-hmm. with you and pull apart two of your poems. Um, right. Well, 
I wanted to first have you read, oh here, what was the one? Um, yeah, so let, let's take a look at Resentment okay. from uh, Hurricanes, and then there's a, uh, a second one, right, a, a newer one that, that, that you want everybody to see? Yes. Okay, so everybody, this is um, Carrie Magnus Radna. She's, Radna. Radna, damn, I knew I was going to screw it up. Radna, R-A-D-N-A. No um, she's going to be reading a poem of hers called Resentment for us from her book, Hurricanes Never Apologize. Thank you. This is Resentment. This is fit oddly like knives piercing in your gut. Only in odd moments where liquor is abundant and when the hormones causing you to weep over adorable children once again or is it constantly moving upon the thinnest, tiniest, mobiest strip that only you can see or touch? It will age you prematurely, pickle you in bitter brine, make you holler and whine during those odd moments when you look your best or worst. The curse of comparing yourself against others without any compassion towards one's self is exhausting. So why is the drama of it so intoxicating? I have things I am proud of, but they haven't come by easy. I can carve words from imaginary oceans, but my messages are only heard by a few people. The ones that swim freely without university influence in composing. And people don't like complainers. But, in this particular case, even in my desperate state, creative musings are rich in my mind. They taste sweet as golden candy, as the stars feel ecstatic. My moods grow elastic between each time I'm kissed. That's nice. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah, so I was saying to you earlier, I, I read this about half a dozen times now, and each time it, it's, well, I don't know what it means, but it, it, it reveals something different to me each time. That's um, good. Yeah. Great. And you, 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 you referred to it as a creepy little crawler. Um, I think so. Or, or twisted little crawler. To tell me, yeah. tell me why. Like I, I am curious about that. Well, hmm. I think that's what resentment is. I mean, it does kind of like shrivel your insides when you resent something about somebody else, whether they look prettier than you or they they have like a bag that you covet. Mm. or whatever thing that they have that you don't have. And you said <clears throat> it ends on that golden syrupy note and you tried to get it published a couple of times and they only ever yeah. want the last lines? Yeah. Um, basically, the, 
this is what they said. Just like, oh, I really like the last stanza. It was very beautiful. And then they wouldn't say anything about the rest of the poem. Like, that's but, weird. But it's like, that's not the point. I mean, yes, it turns out wonderfully at the end because it's ironic. Hmm. It all makes sense. You just keep sending it out, that's all, until yeah. somebody uh, is enlightened and takes it. Yeah, and no, nobody liked it, so I said, well, I'm just going to put this in this book and just... Hey. Like, there you that's, go. That's okay. That's all right. You know. Well, so that... Like it. <laughs> so that's actually... That dovetails nicely into the other question I had for you because I uh, wrote it down ahead of time. I'm looking at it on my computer here. Um, I, so I have my own little way of putting books together. And we kind of touched on it before when yeah. you uh, when you were talking about how you, you know, wrote all of these at the same time. Like, they're not all of a piece, but you wrote all of them at the same time. Yeah. But then... So, okay, so for me... Like I, I, I don't sit around with a pile of poems and like sift, like literally sift through them. But that's what it feels like sometimes. Like what, yeah. like what, what, what do you do, Carrie and, well, and Patrick? I, put, put in your two cents. What do you do? Okay. Um. When I, when I first like, you know, I don't know if you use like pen or pencil or whatever or something or like, or my thing is post-its. Yeah. I put the post-its together and stuff and kind of like, you know, cobble out a mm -hmm. poem, like mm -hmm. usually at 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. Then I put it like on a notes thing on my phone. Okay. You know, notes thing. And then I kind of like you know, transfer that from my laptop and stuff into like a Word document. Okay. You know, and, and I looked up poems like, going, oh, this is kind of dark. Let's put this in this folder. Oh, all right. I see. I can... Dark. Okay. And this phone was like, oh, I've been walking around. Just like, oh, you know, I have a wonderful day and whatever. It's like, okay, let's put it up in this folder. Okay. All right. So you got a dark folder and a light folder and I have a dark themes and, and stuff. Exactly. Okay. And, and uh, right now I have a folder full of like... Uh, sort of mixtape of like poetry that's like you know poems are based on like uh, you know pop music that I like based on what? pop music that I like so it's okay. kind of I'm still working on it it's still a work in progress okay what about and, you? oh sorry go ahead Carrie something yeah and um, and the new and the new um, book I'm working on right now. It's just like all these blue poems and depressive poems and, you know, poems about the sea and air and sky. Blue, you said. Blue, exactly. Yeah. It's called In the Blue Hour. Yeah. Which I'm going to plug a little bit later. Yes. No, hey, you know, not plugging. You're, you're, you're discussing. You're analyzing. Exactly. And I'm plugging. Plug yeah, exactly. And, and plugging. And, um, so I write a blue poem, so I'm going, okay, let me put it in the blue pile. And I've done this for five years. Yeah. You know, I go to Carnegie Hall. I listen to some music. I, I see pictures and, you know, hear voices and stuff where I'm watching, uh, you know, only live music. 
not record music, just live music. Interesting, okay. Yeah, and, and just like writing down stuff. It's like, um, coming up with these poems. And that's how I got my first chat book. Huh. And it's called Conversations with Dead Composers with Carnegie Hall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I did write that down, yes. Great title, great title. Isn't it? I, I, I can make really good titles, so it's another way. <laughs> Basically. So what, what, what have your categorization adventures been like, Patrick? Uh, so uh, is the question like the way we write and the, the methods or the habits we have? Yeah, well, like organizing manuscripts. So like, okay. Uh, well, I mean, everything begins with a piece of paper and a pen. I, the, the first organization I belong to is the now defunct Bergen poets that met here in Bergen County. Up, I'm up in Fort Lee, and all those. I was, I was 18. They were all in their late 50s. They all told me carry a, a notebook and a pen wherever you go, because you never know when the inspiration is going to hit. And, and, and I've done that since that time. So I'm always with pen and paper, never knowing what's going to hit me. Um, I've done a collection of books on. Um, the Irish experience, going home to visit family in Ireland, that was called The Yank. I did collection of haiku that was coming to light. Uh, I did found poetry off the Scrabble board. That was called Flaw. So while you're working on all those projects, you kind of concentrate on them, uh, like, like um, honing them and writing more so you'll have enough for a book. I did three collections uh, recently. I did... Fortly, I did Bronx Local about memories of uh, growing up in the Bronx during the summers with my grandmother. Paramus Local, growing it's up. Off by the oh, oh, thanks. And and then just recently, Fortly Local about my life here since '83. And that basically consumes you when you're working on Fortly Local, like for a year. Hmm. That seemed to have been the only thing I was concerned with. Really, was writing about uh, the Fortly experience and and my. 35, 36 years here. Just finished a book with another poet out in Wayne. Her name is Barbara Hall. We just did a found uh, collection, found poetry, call and response. I would answer an email from her. Yeah, um, publisher. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Barbara Hall is her publisher. Oh yeah. Um, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, what's uh, she? Uh, her main press name is All Nature Matters. But we did a COVID book. We kept ourselves oh, busy wow. during this COVID. We did uh, we did collages and cut and paste things and other artwork and and this call and response, one line for another. Uh, found poetry, twenty poems about COVID, and and I think five poems each that we wrote about the COVID experience that were yeah. our own, not call and response. Uh, and it, it all it, poems of COVID. Yeah, yeah, and uh, which I never thought to do, but my aunt passed at the end of March from COVID. Oh God, uh, she'd, she'd been in and out of hospitals and and nursing homes, and and that's 
that's more or less the impetus. I said, I got to write about her, what happened to her. And then it began. So we were consumed with that. That project is over now. So it's kind of nice to not have anything, you know, just like whatever comes, comes and, you know, take a break. You know, you're a sponge when you're a poet. You bring every, take everything in and then it'll show up later. And Carrie, maybe you can vouch for me. Some poems are really hard, and you keep at those post-it notes and the yeah. honing, and then you get a poem that writes itself, and that's what five, I like five to call five minutes. Five. And that's what I like to call it's like a bowel movement. You don't worry <laughs> about it; it takes care of itself. It's done, and you wait for the next. <sighs> that it that it should be that easy. Lovely. So, sorry, Josh. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. No, I, I agree though. Yeah. Sometimes you so, don't even have to think about it. And and edit. You gotta let stuff cool off, and you gotta edit and re-edit and edit again, and get a, a second opinion, a third opinion if you can, and check for typos. And uh, I have ten edits on my uh, on in the blue hour. It never ends. And you never yeah, have to. Yeah. You never have to apologize about being vulgar in front of me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You know, I've been saying I've been saying the creative impulse is like a bowel movement for decades. I've been saying it's like you know it really is. Like I envy those poets who don't have to. Being struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I'd rather the bowel movement. Yeah. Not the lightning. Thing. Like look at look at how look at how easy Mary Oliver's poems look. Oh, they, they just seem, I'm sure she worked at them, but they seem to write themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so yeah. elegant and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. They really are. So, Carrie. Yes. Let me ask you about your your, your newest um, project. Yes. In the Blue Hour. Yes. So, yes. so you, you say that it, it's your fourth... Can't use my words. Your fourth fourth book published, but your first book writing. That's right. Explain. Well, um, before I be thought that I could become a poet, I went to uh, Philadelphia. Yes. Philadelphia Writing Writers Conference, and it, it's like a four day, like totally. You learn about, like, the guts of, you know, being a writer. You learn how to, you know, send your stuff out about publishing, um, about poetry. I, I, I did take, like, a, a couple of uh, really intense uh, poetry workshops. Yeah. One of them was taught by um, Yolanda Wisher. Who was at the time the laureate of the Philadelphia? Okay. She was very engaging. Her um, her class was called um, Mood Indigo. Okay. So we wrote a lot of blue poems. That's how that started. Writing a couple, a few poems, like uh, you know, based on the blues. I thought, hmm, I don't want to end this. So a couple of years went by, and I and, and I keep writing these poems. It's like I'm still up in the class. Okay. 
And uh, another teacher, Chris Toby, she she taught me how to write like political poems. Okay. So some of them ended up in um, Hurricane Center Apologize. Okay. So it was a very, it was an eye-opening thing. You know, besides a few people who see my poems and thought, oh, these are pretty good, like that, like Teresa, who, who published on, on her oracular tree. Now I had like a whole group of people say, hey, you are fabulous. That's always nice. Really? What? You know, that you're not my teacher, you're not my, you know, best friend. Right. You actually like this? Really? These things? Well, and that's, that's really important. I was actually, um, go, you know, going back to the Mary Oliver thing and, and you know, being polished, and I, there was a um, conversation between me and, and another friend of mine on the first episode. We were talking about, this is, is even a weird thing to say, but uh, getting over-published. You know what I mean? Okay. Um... You should be so lucky. I know. What's that one? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess we were getting at writing solely to get published and not sitting back enough and working on the craft of writing, I guess is what we were getting at. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Um, I'm anyway. the opposite. What? I just write something. It's like, oh, this looks good here, and if it doesn't tank, fine, and you know, throw it against the wall. If it stinks, cool. And you know. Oh, you mean you mean throw it against somebody's wall to get published? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and it's well, it's kind of like what you were saying a second ago, um, Patrick. Just sending it out and seeing what happens. Yeah. Um, but, but I guess what I was getting at was that there's a temptation, I guess, for me anyway, is to go for the low-hanging fruit. Um, and then I just, uh, you know, end up shooting too low with the poem, like w- with the writing of the poem. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I write because I have to. I know, I oh, mean, sure. I would nag at me if I don't write it down. I don't think about where it's going to get published, or even if it will. But I know okay. it's like I have to do it. I it's in it's in me. But sure, I'd love to see everything published. All the babies need a home. Absolutely. You know, they all need a home. I mean, these are all my kids, and I yeah. want I want my kids to go out in the world and. Yeah. But do you, you know, love all of your kids though? Uh, do you love all of your children? Because I have about. <laughs> 700 children that I could just, I don't know, drop them off and never think about again. I, 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 I have some some kids that I don't like, but the, right. the, someone else might like it, and if someone else takes it and publishes it, you know, that's one less kid to have to feed. Because, like, because, okay, so so I, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but, like, I, I going along with the kid metaphor, I, I have many children that helped me to to grow and get to somewhere else right but right. but they weren't necessarily the best poems they were like therapeutic poems yes yeah um 
or like I, exorcisms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if if they if they're strong enough and have something about them that 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 strikes somebody else that they want to use it, mm. why not? And I'm going to yeah, cut this out, by the way, because I don't like talking about my own shit. Because oh, this no, is about you. No, about no, you. We're having, we're having, somebody, <laughs> somebody listening to your podcast might find it interesting. Maybe. It's good to discuss. Yeah, I guess. I, I just have a thing about talking about myself. Uh, anyways. Um, oh. Letting go what's here talking about myself. No, but it's about you. <laughs> I know. You're naming lights. The rain has begun here. Um, I think they're talking about another storms again. It's like we used to we used to live in that temperate zone. Now it's subtropical. Carrie, if you would uh, take us out with um, a second poem uh, and give us the title of this one. This is from your your new book, right? Yes, this was this is the last poem of my new book in the Blue Hour, which will be on Nerala Publications and sometime in fall 2020 when I get all the edits in line. But uh, I'll let you guys know when that will be available. So, this is Why Doubt the Affected Sleep? 6 plus 6 plus 3 plus 3 plus 4. Inspired by Branch Requiem, Movement 6. Then we are having a kind, lively bit stopped. I don't know what that means. I don't know German. But this is in English. Here we go. Comes the night, a total mystery. All to sleep, except the affected by their inner infernal. Rebel rousers raise their homemade flags. Poets haunted by their lightning words, struck by stars. Musicians troubled by the howling notes of the wind, and all the dogs bark back their discontents. Why don't the affected sleep? They know that a storm is coming, but they are not prepared for death's fatal sting. Where or when it will come to claim them? crossing over, passing the key for the next nearest distant dimension. I'm sorry, I had to... Okay, I'll do it. Okay. For the nearest distant dimension the living could never see, hammers sound like electric guitars, and as hearts beat in heavy throats, Letting wounds hum in cold pools. The wounded regenerate in dulcet tones. What will become of our old haunts? The bones that we leave behind. When our dust becomes grass. When the morning sun cuts out the night. Oh, man. It's a great poem. That's Thank great. Um, it was published in Walt's Corner. Yeah. Which is part of the Long Islander yeah. on Thursday, February 13th, 2020. Um, the publisher is George Wallace, who is the writer of residence at a Walt Whitman's birthplace. 
So he's the editor, and he's a good friend of mine. Cool. And it's a great end poem for the book. Great poem to end with. Mm. So good. I love it. It's one of those. It's one of those lightning poems. Yeah, and the bowel movement poem. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> written in, in ten minutes. And yeah. I was, I was yeah. in, I was in choir practice. And you had paper and pencil. Yeah, I had paper. Thank God. Thank God. Right? Yes. We were working on uh, movement six, and so 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 the, this is a bit of the. Uh, I'm going to try to sing it. discontents, uh, lightning words struck by stars. I mean, Jesus. Inner inferno. When death becomes grass. Isn't that the line? When death becomes grass? Grass. Yes. Oh, that's a great line. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. When death, in four words, look at what you've covered. When death becomes grass. Look at that. Yeah, well, and that's that's what I was going to say. Um, there's there's something very um, formal about your poems, Carrie, that that, that I really appreciate um, because I, I I've tried to go back, excuse me, try to go back into different you know classical forms of, of poetry as much as I can, and uh, you know just re- you know read about what my you know uh, you know. Uh, the former poets of you know, centuries past have done. I I very much enjoy contemporary poetry, but I try to keep a foot in the in you know, what's come before. Uh, you mean you 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 know what I'm trying to say? Um, there, there's there, there's something that's I don't know maybe a little bit old fashioned about it, and I I, I really appreciate that it's 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 in even the way that you speak it's very slow and measured and yeah i just i love it it's it's it's, it's, she, she very, it's very nice to hear she has a touch of the old formalism <laughs> touch of the old formalism yeah. the lines can be the lines can be heavy the lines are can be heavy but but you know as a singer you're supposed to have those. 